Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number one of Genesis chapter seven. And we're going to read the first three verses. And Jehovah said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. I'll stop reading there. Now, uh, here God, uh, to begin with in Genesis chapter 7, is continuing to speak to Noah, his servant Noah, the one who found grace in his sight. And he, he instructs him, commands him, come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee I have seen righteous before me in this generation. Now, uh, the Bible skips over, or God doesn't go into detail, concerning the period of the ark's construction. That is, we know in Genesis 6 that the Lord gave specific details directly to Noah, make thee an ark ark of gopher wood rooms, shalt thou make and sh- uh, make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And he gave him the ark's dimensions, the length of the ark, 300 cubits, the breadth, 50 cubits and the height of it, 30 cubits. He, he told him about the window and, and the door and the number of stories and, and so on. And the Lord also gave instructions or foretold who would uh, come on board the ark. It would it would be the eight souls, counting Noah and the rest of his family, and the animals. There there would be um, uh, two of every sort shalt thou bring onto the ark. And that um, bit of instruction and and direction to Noah took place 120 years prior. And and so Genesis 6 is at the point when God sees that the hearts of man is committing evil continually, that violence is in the earth, that it's time to bring judgment. And, and so preparation needs to be made. The ark needs to be constructed and and so we go from um i think it was the year 5110 BC 120 years before the flood in Genesis chapter 6 to 4990 BC that that 120 year period has elapsed and and again from Genesis 6 to Genesis 7 we read of 
um, no details, and, and there would have been many details regarding Noah's efforts to build the ark. And it, it would have been fascinating, really, very interesting to us if uh, the Lord would have filled us in and, and told us after Noah received these instructions uh, where he got the wood and 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 uh, how he began to put it together and and where the wisdom uh, came from to do this of course we know God qualified him and who helped him uh, early on especially when his his sons would have been little they wouldn't have been married uh, did he have servants assisting him there just just all kinds of details and we would have been very interested to learn of people's reactions. It wouldn't have been uh, uh, to satisfy our curiosity. Uh, just extremely interesting if God would have told us from day one when Noah began hammering and putting the pieces of the ark together and, and the reaction of the people of the world of that day. Of course, the Lord does tell us that that they were, they continued on eating and drinking and they really paid him no mind. But it would have been curious that if, if the Lord would have, and God could have, relayed those, um, specific details and told us, well, you know, just pick a, a day out of the life of Noah during the construction period and, and people, uh, curious bystanders come along and talk to him and, maybe make a few jokes at his expense and and then walk away carefree undisturbed unbothered just just like the people of the world today but that wasn't god's purpose and and god is infinitely wise and so he didn't give us all of that information that that we would be interested in there's a lot of things we would be interested in to know about uh, in the Bible, and and God just doesn't uh, seem or deem it wise to give us that information. We we just recognize, well, He's infinitely wise, and and so we really have no need to know. Um, we we um, can can speculate a little bit, but God gives us the information in the Bible that he wants us to know. He, he tells us the things that, um, that are given to us in his word. And, and this is what we can know. And he tells us here in Genesis seven, verse one, as he's speaking to Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark. Now, um, in the Bible, God does give us a little bit more information about Noah and his house. In Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter of faith, it says in verse 7 of Hebrews 11, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared in ark to the saving of his house, by the which 
he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. In in this verse, and it's the only verse, I believe in Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith that, that the Lord devotes to Noah, we, we learn that Noah, first of all, uh, it was all by faith, meaning by Christ, and by the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the essence of faith. He was warned of God of things not seen as yet. And, and that statement is very appropriate for our time. Actually, it's appropriate for the people of God at any time in history because that's exactly what the Bible has done in its existence. When people read the Bible, they read God's warnings regarding things to come. And we're still, in our day, looking into the future, looking towards things that are coming, and the only thing left for us, basically, is uh, is the completion of God's judgment and the end of the world. We're no longer looking into the future regarding God's salvation program. Uh, the day of salvation is complete. We're no longer looking into the future regarding the Great Tribulation period. That's also complete. But still, we we look to the Bible with eyes of faith that God grants his people, that is, they see that the Bible's the true and faithful word of God and everything it declares can be trusted wholeheartedly, that it's absolute truth that these things that God has said will indeed come to pass. They, You, you can lean upon them. You, you can trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean upon your own understanding. That's what the people of the world of Noah's day did. Whereas Noah leaned upon things not seen as yet. And and yet he knew they were coming because the word of God told him. The word of God revealed what was shortly to come concerning the destruction of the earth. And and God said, now here's what you have to do, Noah. You have to build the ark according to the dimensions I give you and, and do exactly as I say. And, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah's work in constructing the ark and building the ark is a picture of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ as he constructed the spiritual temple, which is consists of all the elect, or the house of God, again, picturing all the elect. God um, paints that picture in several different ways. And, and, and just as Noah built the ark to the saving of his house, and, and Noah was a preacher of righteousness, and we read in 1 Peter 3 that Christ preached to the spirits in prison while the ark was a-preparing, now, how did he do that? Did Jesus make some kind of appearance? Well, yes, in the person of Noah, just as God always works through his people. As his people are ambassadors, or were, uh, in, uh, as Second Corinthians tells us, 
um, uh, pleading with people, beseeching people on behalf of God that they be reconciled to him. Now that part of, of our um, work as an ambassador is, is done because there is no more reconciliation between sinners and God since the door of heaven shut and God completed his salvation program. But Noah was certainly involved in being God's ambassador and being God's messenger in, in uh, being the, the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ as all of God's people are likened to his feet as they carried forth the gospel into the world while God may have been found, while it was still the day of salvation, while he was near. And and so Noah had the job of hammering nails and and, and uh, putting the pieces of wood together in an orderly fashion to build the ark and and over the course of 120 years he was working and and he was doing it in a public place that is it, these things weren't done or hid in a corner somewhere he was doing it right in the midst of the population of the world of that time the handful of million whatever it was the vast majority of them lived more than likely within Noah's vicinity and those that did not certainly eventually heard from relatives and others, travelers, that would carry the news as as the ark was nearing its completion and and the and and, and people would have gone up to him and they would have asked him, Why are you building this vessel? What's the point? Why why are you doing this? And uh, let me read, I, I made reference to it, but let me read what 1 Peter 3 says in verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. By which also, that, that is by the Spirit, by which also he went, and preached unto the spirits in prison. Now, let me just explain that before I continue. That is, to the spiritually dead. Were all sinners in their, uh, their spiritually dead condition are held captive to sin and to Satan. They're in the dungeon of the kingdom of darkness. And, and so, their spirits are in prison. And, and so the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Spirit, working through Noah, preached to them. And it says in verse 20, which sometime, that's better translated aforetime, which aforetime were disobedient, the spirits in prison, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. The long-suffering of God waited. God gave Noah the command, build the ark, because I see this evil in the world. Man's heart is is uh, just given over to it. It's evil continual coming forth. 
violence is everywhere, and, and God's anger, his wrath was raised, and, and he wanted, he intended to pour it out to punish these rebels. Yet he waited because Noah had to build the ark. And Noah, the Bible tells us, built the ark to the saving of his house. And that's an important biblical principle that the Bible is consistent with, that God is long-suffering patient, and he waits. It says in James, uh, we're in the epistle of James, we're told what God is waiting for. In James 5, verse 7, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman, and John, the Gospel of John tells us the father is the husbandman. Behold, the husbandman, or God himself, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and has long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Why does God have long patience until he receives the early rain? No, it doesn't say until he receives the early rain alone. But he has long patience until he receives the early and latter rain. Because the early rain fell during the church age and brought in the first fruits unto God, 144,000. But as it says in Revelation 7, after this, after the 144,000 were counted, behold, a great multitude no man could number. The latter rain still had to fall. And it did over the second part of the Great Tribulation period until May 21, 2011. And with the latter rain, the great multitude, the final fruits were brought in. And at the end of the Great Tribulation, when the latter rain finished, according to James 5, verse 7, the husbandman waits patiently until he gets that early rain and that latter rain because he's waiting for the fruit that comes in as a result. But the implication is, once the latter rain completes, he's no longer patient. And then, on May 21, 2011, what does God do? What we're told here, the long-suffering, in 1 Peter 3, 20, the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. So God waited 120 years. And, and the construction of the ark was the vehicle, the vessel by which God would deliver a remnant, a tiny little number of eight souls. And, and yet it, it typified, it pictured those eight, God saving all of the elect that he intended to save. He would not pour out his wrath until the ark was finished, un- until the proper time and season, because Noah saved his house by the building of the ark. And it could be, at least this is what the spiritual picture points to, that one of Noah's sons, or maybe one of his son's wives, what was not saved by God until the ark was completed. But then, 
perhaps simultaneously with the completion of the ark, God saved the last soul to be saved. Now he no longer needed to be long-sufferingly patient. And how does the Bible express the end of God's long-suffering patience in the days of Noah? Well, in Genesis 7, we'll see. He shut the door. He shut him in. He closed the opening to the ark, the pathway, the only way any person or animal could find refuge and deliverance and be saved from the flood was through that door. And God, when he is done being long-suffering, when he's no longer going to be patient, when the time of waiting has come to an end, shuts the door. You see how that relates, how it fits perfectly with what we have learned, with what the Bible teaches us regarding what happened immediately after the tribulation. Is it a coincidence? Have we forgotten? Some have. Some don't even want to think about it anymore. But God's people haven't forgotten that the way that the Lord lined up the 7,000-year time period. Now, we'll, we'll get into that in more detail when we get to the statement, yet seven days, that, that's coming very shortly in Genesis 7. But the way it lined up, just as a quick reminder, was the seven days identifies with 7,000 years that would go from 4990 until 2011 A.D., 4990 being the year the flood began. And the flood began on the 17th day of the second month of Noah's 600th year. And yet, where would it land? Where would it land? We knew it had to go 7,000 years. But where would it fall in the year 2011? Well, we it worked out completely apart. Separately, God's people learn through the biblical calendar of history a timeline for the Great Tribulation. Beginning May 21, 1988, after the 1955 years of the church age, continuing 23 years, that's what the Bible pointed to, and 23 exact years later, May 21, 2011. An exact 8,400 days if you count it out. And, and then th- that's significant because the number 84 uh, is repeatedly identified with Great Tribulation. So that was all worked out from May 21, 88 to May 21, 2011. And and then we learned about that 7,000-year time period from the flood. Where would it fall? Well, what if it, it falls on May 21? That would be the logical day, because that's the day the Great Tribulation concludes. Well, lo and behold, when we, we finally uh, had that worked out, Someone noticed. I have no idea who it was. It wasn't Mr. Camping initially. Someone noticed that May 21, 2011, the the 8400th day of the Great Tribulation, 
the exact 23rd year of the Great Tribulation, had the underlying Hebrew calendar date of the 17th day of the second month. The identical date that God shut the door of the ark. It It is not a coincidence. The day that we learn from the Bible that the Great Tribulation came to a close, and therefore the day the latter rain ceased to fall. What did God say in James? That that he would be long-suffering until he received the early and latter rain. What does 1 Peter 3.20 tell us? God was long-suffering, or the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing. And and that means the long-suffering of God ended on the 17th day of the second month of Noah's 600th year. And that's the day that the door shut. You, you see how everything comes together so perfectly. Not not in a good way, you know, like, oh, the, these are some interesting things that might fit together, but perfectly the long-suffering of God ceases when he gets or receives the latter rain. And, and the Bible taught us that the latter rain stopped falling from heaven at the end of the Great Tribulation. And that's the day First Peter 3.20 tells us God stopped being long-suffering. So the two come together and, and merge like your two hands as you as you put fingers into fingers or hand into a proper fitting glove it is pieces of a puzzle that drop into place and fall together and the puzzle is solved the puzzle is worked out but of course god had much else um in in store for his people in the day of judgment, as we must make an appearance before his judgment seat, there must be a trial of faith. There must be fire put to, in, so the day will reveal what we are, gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble, and so forth. There must be a spiritual judgment upon the world as they drink of the cup of wrath, just as there was a spiritual judgment on the churches and congregations as they drank first of the cup of God's wrath. So all these things had to be, and and we can see why. So many people, so many people who gave lip service to the idea of trusting and believing the word of God, of, of being um, someone like Noah, they gave lip service, as it says here, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Many people claim to be like Noah and and claim to uh, uh, see the warning. They they claim to see the things that had not appeared as yet, and and so okay, you trusted the Bible, and are you really like Noah? Well, let's see. Let's see. As Noah and his family and the animals endured 
a prolonged period of judgment. Let's see if you and I are able to endure a prolonged period of judgment like Noah. And, and then we'll find out if we endure to the end. We'll see if we were saved like Noah. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.